Hi, I'm Jo Rochelle, and this is Girl Wonder, a thoughtful and relaxing podcast that analyzes comics on Webtoon. If you want to dive deep into theories and relive some of the biggest moments in your favorite Webtoons, then you're absolutely in the right place. Sit back, relax, and we'll get started. Today on the podcast, we are discussing episodes 181, 182, 183, 184, and 185 of Lore Olympus by Rachel Smythe. This is the episode where something we've been waiting for for a while, Hades finds out what Apollo did to Persephone. So I had to have my husband Josh come on the podcast and join the discussion. But before we get into that, I want to seriously encourage you to support the creator of Lore Olympus, Rachel Smythe. There are tons of ways to do that. The first thing you could do is go to loreolympusbooks.com where you can find Lore Olympus in print. You can also go to hottopic.com and search for Lore Olympus. I'll leave the link in the description box. I love the Hot Topic Lore Olympus merch. And you can also get a Team Persephone shirt. I've left the link to that in the description box of this podcast episode, so make sure you check that out. And if you find yourself enjoying the podcast, enjoying the analysis, and finding it fun to hear all the theories that we come up with for these comics on Webtoon, then please check out my Patreon at patreon.com girlwonder. There's only one tier. It's the $1 tier. And one of my favorite things that I do on there is I post episodes for early access. That means my patrons get to hear the podcast episodes first and way in advance. So for instance, the episode discussing the Lore Olympus mid-season finale and Zeus's verdict is already out and it's including patron voice messages and everything. So if you want to listen to that, it's already up on Patreon at patreon.com slash girlwonder. And now before we start, our top cities that have listened to this podcast the most in the last seven days are Levine, Chicago, Alvin, Dakar, Nashua, Masula, and Frederick. Thank you all so much for listening. You're the best. All right, let's get into it. Lore Olympus, episode 181, In Defense of Persephone. So Hades is defending Persephone with his whole heart. I like to say that Hades is defending her with his whole chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that one panel where he like cups his hand up in the air and looks like he's really posing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, my client is guilty, but I'm helping her today so that she may receive a fair punishment, a fine, or perhaps community service. Right. I thought his argument was very convincing. Very sound. I thought he did a very good job as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Did you like how excited Persephone got about the idea of doing community service? Yes, that (laughs) that seems right. That seems accurate for her. And he's like, calm down. If you show you're excited, they won't give you that punishment. Okay, Persephone? So Hades gives her a chance to share what happened that day from her point of view. We learn about the nymphs, like those friends that she had who died, Krakos and Withy. Yeah, this is sad, right? She she made them. Mm-hmm. That's what Demeter says out loud to everybody. And you see the pictures of them. On Instagram, I posted something like to Krokos and Withy. Yeah. Because they've been throughout this entire comic mm-hmm. by her side. It, it, <laughs> babies having babies. <laughs> that was what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> he wrote babies <laughs> having babies because Persephone a, made them? Yeah, as a baby. <laughs> right. I didn't know how to work that into this conversation, but it was in my notes. I think you did a good job. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So Hades brings up the queen of Thebes. Right. Is it Thebes or Thebes? I think it's Thebes. The queen of Thebes, Niobe, who had 14 children, seven sons, and seven daughters. Isn't there a Disney movie about Thebes? Am I wrong? I don't know. I'm not familiar with it. Prince of Thebes? Prince of Thebes? What's the plot? I I don't know. I just remember he's like in a cave with bandits. But I do not remember Apollo or Artemis shooting anybody. So I could be wrong. Well, for Niobe, who had 14 kids, do you remember how many survived? One survived. Right. Artemis and Apollo showed up and killed 13 of her kids. 
And Niobe's crime was simply bragging that her family was superior to Leto's. Yeah, I have complicated feelings about Artemis. Okay. You know, it, it just, I don't know if I like her all that much. Hmm. Tell me more. Well, you know, she really is taking too long to figure things out. It's like all the clues are there. Everybody else is figuring it out before her that her brother is uh, an assaulter. Mm -hmm. And now she's out here just killing people because they brag. (laughs) I feel like the order of things are, she did this like a while ago, probably. And Artemis and Apollo got medals for it. They were praised for their actions. So in this world, it's not something that's like wrong. It's true. They are celebrated for it. It's true. Which is why it's so unfair that Persephone is being, you know, attacked and berated for what she's done, even though she does feel remorse and she yes. does feel terrible. But I understand what you're saying about Artemis. And I think Rachel does a really good job of making us feel conflicted about her because sometimes I want to yell at Artemis. She's so close to the truth, but she doesn't seek it all the way through. She has not talked to Persephone. Right. After that phone call that ended abruptly, I haven't seen her like really dig into it but she's trying like she did try to approach her brother and she got really gaslit so it's tough yeah boat harbor commented on this episode of the webtoon and said wow all things aside i can't believe artemis and apollo got medals for killing 92.8 percent of that woman's children (laughs) and for what being better than leto is not a high bar (laughs) right it's like you're proving her point (laughs) niobe's point right So then Haiti says, I just want everyone to acknowledge that as a whole, we don't consistently care about the well-being of mortals. As long as we have enough of them for entertainment, sacrifice, and worship purposes, that's all that matters. What did you think of that? I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. I wish they would change. I wish they weren't. I wish they cared more about people and human beings. But they're immortal, so they don't have to. Yeah. I mean, but Persephone does. And that's an incredible feat for her. Mm -hmm. And I think being in the mortal realm, you know, that lends to her empathy a little bit. She sees more mortal people than maybe other gods and goddesses. I will say, hearing Hades talk about it that way, he falls into that section too. Sometimes he does not care about mortals (laughs) at all not even close to as much as Persephone cares. It's just the general consensus amongst the gods and goddesses, right? Right. I mean, it does make sense to have that perspective as someone who cannot die Mm -hmm. and has seen thousands upon thousands and thousands of mortals die. It just becomes rote, routine, rote. Mm -hmm. So Hades says, why is this brave intelligent, articulate, generous, beautiful woman being held accountable in this extreme way. Yeah, it's too much, Hades. (laughs) I don't even know if he knows what he's saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's just talking at this Mm -hmm. point. (laughs) I love what he's saying, Uh but is he aware of what he's saying and how it's coming across? I don't think so. I think he thinks all these things are obvious to everybody else. (laughs) You know what's funny? This reminded me of something. I'm going to try to play it for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Tell me if you remember this moment. I am trying to be more optimistic in life. I've got, what, 20, 30 more years left. And my family history says I have less. Now the old Stanley Hudson would have found something to complain about with this actress. But that's no way to live life. Look at this healthy, sexy, pretty, strong young woman. Come on, people. She is hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the office. I mean, Hades gave me that vibe. Look at this sexy, strong, beautiful, vivacious. (laughs) Like, that's Mm -hmm. what he was giving me in that moment. He was Stanley Hudson trying to see the optimism in life. Yeah. Right? And Demeter caught on, too. She thought it was a little thick. (laughs) So Demeter has had enough. 
and she needs to speak with Persephone now. So she stops this trial and they said they can reconvene in two days. And when Demeter has Persephone alone, she says, can you please explain to me why the king of the underworld is in love with you? Right. And how, you know, from Demeter's perspective, right, she sent Persephone, you know, she allowed Persephone to leave only a couple weeks ago, right? And so and she imagines Persephone has just been going to school and doing her internship and hanging out with um, all the lady friends in the club. And that's been her life. But it's not been that at all. <laughs> Ski56 commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, Demeter, dot, 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 do you even know Persephone? How could anyone not be in love with her is the actual question. Mm-hmm. Does she know her daughter, Josh? No. I do like this, the dynamic between Demeter and Persephone, though. It seems very authentic for a mom and daughter mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. especially when they're the only ones, a single mom and daughter. I agree with that. Kibu73 commented and said, can we talk about Demeter's priorities? She stopped the trial while Hades was mid-sentence trying to defend her daughter because she was suspect of Hades' feelings. She's derailed Hades' argument, prolonged the trial, and annoyed Zeus even more. Where are your priorities? Does she even care what this trial is doing to Persephone? You can't take Hades' feelings out on Persephone. How dysfunctional is this? What did you think of that? Um, yeah, I think, I think he was wrapping up his argument, so I didn't think it, it really ruined the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like seeing her recognition of what was going on. Right. It was obvious, especially mm-hmm. when he did the look at this woman right. moment. Right. What did you think? Um, well, I agree that, you know, no matter what, Demeter can't be mad at Persephone that Hades loves her. <laughs> That's a ridiculous thing to be mad at your daughter for, right? But at the same time, I empathize with Demeter to an extent. I know she's overprotective. I know she doesn't really know this current version. Like, she doesn't understand who her daughter is in the first place and never has she's never truly understood who her daughter is and um how she feels and what she wants to be you know because she's been so worried and loves her so much she kind of smothers her with that love so i totally get her character and this is a this is an awakening for demeter at least the beginning of one yeah and you know it's also from her perspective you know who is hades Right. right, king of the underworld, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it, it's, yeah, I can understand her perspective as a mom being worried because, you know, Persephone, men don't, kings don't just sort of all of a sudden fall in love, right, with right. somebody, right? So obviously Persephone had a had, had to be spending time with Hades. And that's, and that's what she's upset scary, about. You know? Right. So when we come back, we are talking about something that Hades overhears, something big. We'll be right back. Episode 182 of Lore Olympus is called I Saw What I Saw. So we start off with Persephone's response to her mother's question. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you. We're friends. Is that a lie or is that true, Josh? It's definitely true. I mean, you can't, they're not officially in a relationship. Right. I mean, they're, I mean, they are, but they're not, you know? Right. Like, because we're so used to seeing her in his house. (laughs) For us, it's been years, you know, of like seeing them essentially you know living as a married couple a little bit mm-hmm. and it's like it it is hard to step back and think no this is this is just the beginning because there's a part where he it's later on but he mentions getting her apartment right mm-hmm. in a later episode i'm like no you should be living together you should <laughs> you should be living with hades and hades only right Yeah, we talked about that moment in an earlier episode on the podcast where he just wants to provide for her and (laughs) she wants to stay in the underworld. It's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So Persephone reaffirms that, yeah, she and Hades are not in a relationship. And Demeter says, daughter, he looks at you as if he's never had a drop to drink and you are a sparkling river. Is that how you look at me? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so I'm looking at you, you right now. <laughs> and I think Demeter comes on too strong when she asks, seriously, am I a joke to you? I've been doing your job so you can get an education. And instead, you're doing what? You're in the underworld using Hades' cappuccino maker? Right? You're living a life that I, that outside of my boundaries that I've set for you? How dare you? Exactly. You know, it's like, come on. Come like on, De- Demeter. Demeter said all of that. And I was like, and what about it? What if she wants to use the cappuccino you, maker? Let you, the child live. <laughs> like you're acting like you're doing this big sacrifice. It's not for her. It's for you. It is for her. It's a little selfish of Demeter. But yeah. you know what? We're all flawed in our that's own ways. A, that's what I think. When you, as a parent, like we can always look at a young person that we meet, like Persephone, who's, you know, just, you know, becoming an adult. And it's easy for us to see them as an adult. But if you're a parent and you've been making every single decision for this young person for, you know, 15 plus years, it's got to be really hard to pry away that habit Mm -hmm. and let them make their own decisions. That's its own journey. Right. To see Demeter start to pry her little finger claws (laughs) off of her daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. and just let her live, let her be the young woman that she is, acknowledge her for who she is, and don't come with all those preconceived notions of who Persephone should be. Because that's what's happening here. It's like, I did all this for you and this is how you repay me. That's not really how you should talk to your grown child. (laughs) No. And it doesn't seem like you should force a fertility goddess to live a celibate life for the rest of their life. Yeah. So Persephone asks her mom, because it's like, now it's time to turn the tables a little bit. Because Demeter, you've been keeping secrets. So she says, okay, then why did you get Hades so blackout drunk that he would forget me? Yeah, that was rude. (laughs) So do you remember back in episode 114, Hades gets to see the night of his first encounter with Persephone, right? He got the tape back from the fates and he saw that Persephone showed up as a little butterfly because she wanted to meet the king of the underworld. And this is when she asks if there's any way to bring mortals who are in the underworld back to the mortal realm. And after Persephone has a conversation with him and she runs out, Demeter comes in with a large amount of coffee. It's time to sober Hades up and get him out of there. And then he mentions Persephone and she's like, you know what? We could do some more drinks. Yep. That's so mean, Demeter. Why would you do that? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, she does not think highly of Hades at all. No, not many people do. Well, that's true, except for Persephone. Yeah. And Hecate kind of likes him a little bit. Yeah, I respect Hecate. And Meg, who has a crush on Hades. <laughs> Those right. are the three people. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, Demeter, like, it's it's unfair. I liked Persephone calling her out as in, um, you weren't thinking about me. You right. weren't doing any of this for me. Do you realize how much it hurts to be me on this side of things of of your actions Mm -hmm. i believe that demeter thinks she's doing this for her daughter right at the end of the day though if your daughter is saying no i'm hurting then you need to reevaluate right yeah you're hurting her to protect her from being hurt it's like what are you doing yeah you know a lot of people do do that of course it's a very human thing that these Mm -hmm. gods and goddesses are doing because demeter says it she says i did it to protect you Everything I do is for you. But then Persephone says, it's me. I'm the one who is in love. How did you feel about that moment? I really liked it. Mm -hmm. It was nice to see Persephone admit it. And yeah, I absolutely believe she's in love with Hades. Yeah, right. We, it's nice to hear them say it out loud because we know it. In the same way that I look at you like that sparkling river. That's true. (laughs) So does Persephone look at Hades in the same way? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So meanwhile, elsewhere, Apollo approaches Hephaestus. And Hephaestus kind of gives him the cold shoulder. Like he does not have any time for Apollo right now. And Apollo figures out that it was him 
who hacked his phone. And Apollo says, Persephone's a liar. Did you know that? Is she still spinning that against her will story? She said yes. She's just going back on it because of her scholarship. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it so much seeing this abuser lie. Mm -hmm. And it's like uh, there's some that you can see it working, Mm -hmm. you know, you can see it working on on people. Right. The lie. And that's what's so nasty about it. And what's so nasty about it is she said yes at one point in their encounter, but she clearly in every way did not want to do it. And he pushed and he pushed and he pushed. And in the same way, Apollo does that with the narrative, too. He pushes his own narrative of what happened that night as much as he can. He tries to preempt anyone believing Persephone and just say his version of things. And it's such a pushy version. There's no room for any doubt in what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't seem to doubt whether he did something wrong, which is very annoying and frustrating. Right? It just makes me think of Artemis and... I'm trying to imagine, you know, having an abuser in your family, that these are human beings and they have relationships outside of their acts of abuse. They have families. And it must be, you know, they must be able to display different pieces of themselves mm-hmm. to different people, right? Right. Because this this Apollo is, is gross and obviously um, ugly, you know, but I, is this what Artemis has seen all her life? Is this mm-hmm. what she, like, loves as her twin? I don't think there's anything about Artemis where she assumed that he was capable of this. Right. Because even when Persephone, like, back in episode 50-ish, around there, Persephone never, when she even hinted that there was an issue with her brother, Artemis was like, my brother? What about my brother? She was just so clueless. So there's just no part of her that thinks he's capable of an act that gruesome. Right. Maybe I'm being too hard on, on her. Yeah, right. Because maybe it's just, it's, it's, it's not their fault. You know, she's not responsible for Apollo's actions. I do, like, I do want her, though, to figure this thing out. <laughs> she's going to be the last to figure it out. Yeah. And she was kind of like... The last to realize, or it took her a long time to realize when they were looking for Persephone, she's like, I don't know her that well, you know? Yeah. Similar to Demeter, she had her own preconceived notions of who Persephone is and what she's capable of and kind of put Persephone in that box. And that's not something Hades has ever done with her or Eros. They let her it's be true. and present herself who she wants to be. And they see that. Or and they're Hermes. like, that's Persephone. Yeah. Hermes in there too. Yeah, I can throw him in there too, for sure. So Hephaestus hears Apollo say all of that, that Persephone's spinning the story and she's going back on her word because of the scholarship and she's afraid of repercussions or whatever, right? And Hephaestus says, I saw what I saw. And I think that is the perfect response to Apollo because he's basically saying you can't change my mind at all. I saw what I saw, and that's what I'm going with. Try as you might, you know? It kind of shuts him down a bit. Right, yeah. Hephaestus is good. I like Hephaestus. He's a real one. Yeah. We love him. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Hades asks, what are you talking about? And we see standing in the doorway, Hades is there looking menacing. Yeah, very spooky. Very spooky, Hades. And I'm so happy that the episode didn't end there. Like, when I was reading it for the first time, I was so scared that this is where it was going to end, and I'd have to wait another week to see what happens, which would have been an excellent cliffhanger, but the kind that makes you want to pull your hair out, right? Mm -hmm. And it kept going. So, Mothy Mom commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Apollo literally told on himself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you have a big mouth. Yes. And you're a narcissist just going around. Exactly. You know? So, then we cut to Persephone in the hotel room. And Hades comes in and she says, Meg managed to snag me some lukumi on the way here. Do you know what lukumi is? I do not. What do you think it is just based on what it's called? It makes me like some sort of, well, it's a pastry because it's got fruit flavor, lemon or orange. That's what I got, just some sweet bread. 
That's not bad. Look at this English teacher using his context clues to figure <laughs> things out. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Um, I did a quick Google search, and it said it's a Greek-Turkish delight, which may help some people understand what it is and may not help at all. No, that sounds familiar. Turkish delight. That was in mm-hmm. Chronicles of Narnia. Exactly. That's <laughs> what I, I thought of. I still don't know what that is. I though. still don't know what it is, but that little boy loved that Turkish delight right. enough to go on with that evil witch yeah. lady. <laughs> It shows how much we know. The Snow Queen. The Snow Queen. She had Turkish delights and he kept eating them and then he was evil all of a sudden. Yeah. Just momentarily. <laughs> okay. So Hades doesn't look too good. Like, did you notice he sat down? He was kind of weary, overwhelmed, rubbing his forehead. Right. And he just straight up asks, did Apollo hurt you? He can't think of anything else. And once again, I am so happy the episode did not end here. Like I was rejoicing and scared and on the edge of my seat and holding my breath, right, for Persephone. And of course, because he asked her straight up, did Apollo hurt you? She is immediately like traumatized and she changes the subject because she did not have any reason to think Hades would ask her this. You know, it would catch me completely off guard if I were Persephone. So she changes the subject, which has been her coping mechanism for a while now. And this bit of dialogue from Persephone is interesting. She says, Sometimes I make lukumi myself, and everyone always expects it to be orange-flavored. And then they realize it's just lemon, and they're so disappointed. But I just think if they gave lemon a shot, they would really enjoy it. And I think there's a theme in there of what we've been talking about this whole episode so far. And someone in the comment section pointed it out. They said, Taiwan Roar said, she's the Lukumi, hoping he would still want her, even though he's finding out that she wasn't one thing, but another instead. That's quite the metaphor, author. (laughs) Yeah, right. When you were describing that, because I hadn't thought of that, it made me think of the conversation they have later. Right. Yeah. Where she says, does this change how you feel about me, how you think about me, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it doesn't just feel like it's limited to Hades. Everyone has expectations of Persephone, the goddess of spring. Some people look at her and they're like, dumb village girl, right? They don't give her, and she's like, if you give me a chance, you'd see I'm more than that. And some people look at her and they see someone who's in the goddesses of eternal maidenhood. But she's someone who doesn't really identify with that group at all, right? She's not what you expect. Remember when they would take paparazzi pictures of her and they're like, she's basically a gold digging whore for Mm -hmm. trying to hang out with Hades at all. She's not ever the expectation that people set on her. And now that I'm talking about it, I'm remembering all these images like Leto has imagined Persephone a certain type of way. Leto has even said that the neon lights of the underworld won't suit her and aren't good for her when it's absolutely the opposite. Apollo envisions her in a way that she is not. So many people do, including Demeter. So that Lukumi thing, that's deep. I really like that. And I think Rachel did that. She wrote that on purpose. So then Persephone asks Hades to go get her a soda. And he wants to know the answer to his question, but she continues to avoid it. And that's when he thinks, okay, I've messed this up. (laughs) And he calls himself an idiot because you know Hades is hard on himself. And he apologizes for upsetting her. And so he leaves to go get her soda, but Persephone stops him before he leaves. Yeah. Well, I like how all through this, we see those silver threads and we don't know what they are until the next episode. Right. I I think I instantly recognize them because they are throughout the comic. Like it's like a musical staff. Right. Where you put the notes on the bar. Like if you were to write music, there's like the staff that everything is on. And that's something that's always been associated with Apollo. Like if you read the chapter right. where she was abused by him, that's mm. something that's threaded throughout. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Right, but they're so, sometimes different colors. And mm-hmm. this time they're like silvery right, white. Right, because, yeah, it represents her abuse. It represents the trauma. And Apollo, you know, he's a god that also is associated with music. Mm-hmm. His lyre. Yeah. His lyre. Lyre, That's what it's yeah. called, yeah. So... That's definitely some an image that Rachel uses again and again to okay. represent the trauma. Yeah, I really liked how it it seemed to just connect directly to the the loom scene in the next episode. It does, especially for those of us who, you know, 
read it from week to week and maybe don't reread it as many times as I have, especially when I was looking through for right. all the kisses in Lower Olympus and look through right. every single episode. <laughs> you right. start to see them come back and forth again yeah. and again. I don't know. It really stood out to me this time. I didn't I didn't remember that it was um, appeared before. Mm-hmm. No, that's very good because it does connect almost in a new way. And we'll talk about it when we get to the loom scene. So Persephone stops Hades, thank goodness, before he leaves. And she realizes that she almost pushed the love of her life away for a soda that she doesn't even want. And then she proceeds to tell him everything, which I really enjoyed. I liked how that was drawn, where we don't need to hear it. We can just see visually what that's like and right. windows with cracks in them, you know? Yeah. 10 out of 10 episode. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. So did you wonder if that image at the end, you know, the dark image and the eye, did you wonder if that was Kronos at all or did you think it was Hades? I thought it was Hades. And then when I saw the comments being like, is that Kronos? I was like, <laughs> oh, is it Kronos? Yeah. But I did think it was Hades originally. Crimson Sword 845 commented and said, that's not Kronos's eye at the end. It's Hades looking out from the hotel room, his anger and powers rivaling his father's now now that he knows the truth. So when we come back, we're talking about how Hades handles this information. We will be right back. Episode 183 is called Special Treatment. So yeah, that's not Kronos. That is Hades. He is large, he is titan-sized, he's menacing, and he's racing for Apollo, wanting to kill him. And Persephone is chasing after him, yelling, stop! What did you think of this? It was one of my favorite moments in the whole story so far. Wow, tell me more. You know, it's, this is something Rachel does so well. It's like, every time there's something very cool and spectacular, it's always grounded in like the emotions of the characters Mm -hmm. like you think of marvel or something where Mm -hmm. you know the the thing that people might um, get on marvel about is that it's all spectacle without being based in the emotionality of its characters it's all flying people in the sky throwing fireballs at each other and it's cool to look at but it's like it doesn't give you feelings this whenever it's really cool and special to look at in lord olympus it's always grounded in a deep emotional moment. And this was really cool. I mean, yeah. Hades just looked so cool in his Titan form. And then to be stopped by Persephone like that, it was, it was very nice. Yeah, I like how you phrased that, that the spectacular is grounded in real emotion that we can all understand and latch on to. I think it takes real special talent to do that again yeah. and again throughout the series and yeah when Persephone was chasing him down yelling at him to stop did that remind you of any other big moment that happened in Laurel Olympus because I felt like this was a direct parallel to something else that was like literally the inverse of this oh when she turned mint into a plant except he did not succeed in stopping her yeah that's true (laughs) it kind of was like he was like "Ah!" he was chasing after her and Mm -hmm. he told Persephone to stop and then when she did it, she's like, oh, sugar snaps. <laughs> yeah. You know? So she succeeded where he failed. Right. And Well, she, he's a lot old. He has a lot more experience than she does. In controlling in himself. his emotions. And his powers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though we're going to learn that wiser. he's never turned titan size before. So no. this is still new territory for mm-hmm. Hades. And yeah, when Hades was arguing with her a little bit about it, saying there need to be repercussions, I felt that. Yes. I felt it. And I know Persephone felt that too. Yes. You know, I always feel like that's the only way Apollo will learn. He needs repercussions for his actions. But, you know, there's a lot of options there. There's like repercussions that are deadly. There's repercussions that are more intellectual and like talking it through and figuring out why he is the way that he is. There's a lot of options there and it's tough to want the peaceful one. (laughs) Yeah. 
You want to see him suffer so much that he recognizes the suffering he called he caused and can um, ask for forgiveness in right. a real, earnest, genuine way. What's interesting is causing that amount of suffering to him. It could be through physical, but it could also just be purely emotional mm-hmm. or circumstantial. If something happened to Apollo that helped him see and understand. Because I think we all crave for him to see what he did was wrong and know what he did was wrong and live with the weight of that. Exactly. Right. To, to stop freaking lying about it. Right. Chasing Daphne down and, and yeah, screaming at her. Gaslighting everybody about it. Gaslighting everybody about it. Mm. So Persephone says hurting him, though, that's not going to make her feel better. And V the Kajit commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I kind of like that Persephone wants more than revenge. Don't get me wrong. Apollo absolutely needs to face repercussions for what he did. But just revenge won't undo what he did. It won't magically untraumatize Persephone or solve her intimacy issues. I like that Laura Olympus is honest that addressing the situation can't be done with an easy fix like hurt Apollo back. If Hades were to go hurt Apollo back, maybe that would be satisfying but on a surface level, it absolutely would not untraumatize Persephone like this commenter is saying, and it wouldn't help her feel like with intimacy, you know, that's healed now all of a sudden. What she's doing is already her journey of healing, going to therapy, talking it through with the people that she trusts, right? Right. And I think seeing justice done will be a part of that process. I agree. It's right? just but one it's, part. It's not everything. No. Yes. And it, it's well not said. like... You know, it, it's she should be allowed to dictate where it is in the process for her. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It shouldn't we shouldn't nobody else um, should get to decide that, mm-hmm. you know? And so Hades hears her and he turns back to normal when he hears how much she needs him. And he says something that I also felt. <laughs> Hades is saying a lot of the right things. He says, Apollo's the one who should be on trial, not Persephone. I absolutely agree. It kind of feels Mm -hmm. like, yep, in the real world, too, sometimes things aren't fair, you know, where -hmm. victims are all of a sudden in a position where they have to be the ones on trial, right? Of course. So I like that he said that. Right. It's hard not to slip into cynicism and Mm -hmm. really make explicit how often that feels to be the way it happens, you know? Yeah. So Hades takes her away. You know, they go to the mortal world and I love, love the panel of Persephone on the horse with that white veil on her head and he's walking beside. Yeah, it's so good. It reminds me of some early artwork back in like a Laura Olympus Q&A that Rachel posted and there was art that looked similar to that with Persephone on the horse. It's lovely. Is it, you know, is is it a wedding veil? Is that supposed to mean something to us i mean persephone in a wedding veil remember rachel saying um that she always dresses persephone in white or often dresses her in white and hades in black because that's a bride and groom imagery that she's trying to give us so i definitely felt that this was very bridal Mm -hmm. you know yeah but also it was a very sad moment and sobering moment too but they are growing closer together able to share in their sadness together that's even their conversation right (laughs) she's bringing him to her secret hideout you know Mm -hmm. essentially (laughs) right the house where persephone and her mom used to go on vacation right that's always something that you do when you're in a new relationship with somebody you know take them to a place that's special and yours yeah and Persephone notices the issue with Hades' arm, his hand slash arm. Kind of looks dark like the night sky. Right. And they talk a bit, and Persephone says, I won't lie. A small piece of me is fascinated by what you could do to him. But she doesn't want to feel that way. But I do like that she admitted that. (laughs) She's like, there's a part of me that wants you to go. Of course. You know, kick his butt, please. Yes. But it, it won't make her feel better at the end of the day. Right. And there's always, you know, I feel like there's always, you know, it's within all of us to be capable of feeling pleasure at somebody else's pain. You know, I mean, I think that's what makes you a good person is not that that's totally absent inside you, but that you 
you know, you make the choice not to engage with that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you're hurting, that must seem so enticing, you know? Mm-hmm. So they try to go to sleep, but Persephone can't. So she goes to her womb, and what comes out is this, like, tapestry, you know, that she's woven And it's a tree made of that same musical staff, which means the only thing on her mind is Apollo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, now that you've pointed out that it's a musical staff, the five lines, Mm -hmm. it's just so so much sadder. (laughs) (laughs) It's very sad. Yeah. It's the same visual that we see whenever Apollo's mentioned. And Mm. sometimes it's like broken apart. Sometimes the musical staff is running through her. It's it's used in... um, a very visceral way. Neum Katie commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, A trauma so deep, it's woven into her and her works, physically and spiritually. And then they go outside. They don't stay in the house anymore. And Hades says, You can tell me as much or as little as you want. So when we come back, we're talking about that conversation between Hades and Persephone. We'll be right back. Episode 184 is called Carbon. So Persephone feels relieved that she doesn't have to hide this from Hades anymore, but she needs to know, does he feel the same way about her? And she cries and it's heartbreaking. Right? I mean, that has to play into, you know, her waiting to tell him, right? And that it was making me think, you know, just how, how layered the violence actually is and how it spreads out much further than just the one night and the one moment and the one sort of physical violation. It's like her emotionally, she's dealing with all these sort of new traumas over and over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. wondering if the man who loves you is going to see you differently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unfair, you know, completely. I felt that way when she was in therapy with Chiron, and she was saying that she feels tethered to her abuser. That made yeah. me so sad. Right. But it's also good to see stories like this. And for it to be taken seriously, I feel like that's just something that a lot of people can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's different from... Because we've seen stories of trauma and violence and abuse like this. But we've never... I don't know. For me personally, I have never sort of sat with it for so long because, you know, Laura Olympus has been with us for years now. Mm-hmm. And it's such a patient and earnest and thorough um, sort of examination and expression of this experience that I, I don't think I've experienced anywhere else or seen anywhere else. Yeah. It's like Persephone's family now. Right. <laughs> because we've been reading about right. her life for weeks, years, you know? Right. So that's true. Hades, he regrets asking her point blank about it because she was so unprepared, you know? Yes. <laughs> he just walked into the hotel room and asked. It's all he could think about. I understand I know. him. You I know, know exactly it's like why you can't he did it. have another thought until you get this question answered. So she says, ideally, she would have liked to tell him in her own time. But. Right. If it were the other way around, she probably would have done the same thing he did. She understands. Just in the same way in the same way that we get it, she gets it. And I love how Hades is like, "Are you sure I can't kill him?" Right. <laughs> so relatable. And did you catch what Persephone was drinking in the scene? The ambrosia. <laughs> Some homemade ambrosia. Have uh-huh. you ever heard of that before? No. I Well, I, ambrosia, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I googled like ambrosia drink. And it was like definitely an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> Haiti says it tastes like cow piss. So probably not a great one. Right, a strong one. A strong one. But she didn't seem drunk here. I think it was something just to like settle her nerves. Yeah. So Hades talks to her about how diamonds are made. And he's trying to encourage her. And it starts with the carbon. And <laughs> I think Persephone's feeling better by the end of it because she's 
like flirty. She's a little bit like, are you comparing me to a carbon lump? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Hades is like, no. <laughs> he takes it so seriously. And I'm sure she loves that. Yeah. And then they hug and they fall asleep together in the grass. And it was so sweet and so cute. And then when they wake up, who's waiting for them? Right, it's Helios. Mm-hmm. Just staring at them yep. because he's a little nosy, mm-hmm. probably a little bored. Yep. And Persephone is mad because you know what? She made him a homemade birthday card every year. So how could he sell her out to Zeus? Right, and he said, "There's nothing to write home about." <laughs> <laughs> so rude. I know it was. And his life is boring. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was entertaining for him to do it, to sell her out to Zeus. Just bring a little spice into his life. You know, you call birthday birthdays um, trips around the sun. Yeah, that's true. But Helios kind of is the sun. Right, right. So, And so, he's the one who's going around. So when it's his birthday, story. what is that? Right. <laughs> what is his birthday? I don't know. How does that work? I was asking you because you always say another trip around the sun. So maybe it's just, I don't know. <laughs> How many trips he makes around them, they count them up, and that's a birthday for him? Yeah, I don't know what his birthdays are, but I'm yeah. curious about them. Yeah, MQ3 commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, I just imagine cheesy lines in those birthday cards, like, you brighten my world every day. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Snuffles11 commented on this episode of the Webtoon and said, I'm actually wondering if Helios may end up supporting Hades and Persephone. Because that's the more chaotic choice, and therefore the most interesting. That's true. I would appreciate that. Yeah, right. When all is said and done, if he turns back onto Persephone's side. Right, sending, helping a goddess, a fertility goddess, become the queen of the underworld. Ooh. Sounds like an interesting choice. Sounds like a very interesting story. So then we cut to a worried Apollo. And we see how he chased after Hades. Wanting to talk after Hades overheard, right? He wants right. to explain it, but Hades doesn't want to talk to him. He's just going straight to Persephone because he I knows he'll get the truth from her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to Hephaestus, like, I saw what I saw. Mm-hmm. No more. They shut him down. It's nice to see people shut him down. See, like, Artemis, when she talks to her brother, he just, like, spins her around in circles, you know? But Hades and Hephaestus were able to, like, shut that down. Because of their proximity to Persephone in a way, you know, Hephaestus is on her side because he saw what was on the phone and Hades knows Persephone so well that he doesn't even want to hear from Apollo. But Artemis is so close to her twin. Yeah, what else was on Apollo's phone? I know. know? (laughs) It's true too. (laughs) So Apollo thinks to himself, everyone wants me. She was supposed to want me. How can Persephone say the things she's saying about me? If he would just consider the questions he's asking himself, this would be a different story. Like, he's not asking it seriously. Like, how could she say that? And then think about it and be like, did I do something wrong? He's like, no, he doesn't even go that direction ever. Extra 444 commented on this episode and said, just when you think Apollo cannot get any worse, he whips out another what about me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then he thinks to himself, and this is the final moment of this episode, I think it's time to let the cat out of the bag. Wow. What is he talking about? I know. Go away. I know. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) go away. Nitty Men commented and said, Bold of Apollo to think it's a good move to let the cat out of the bag when Hera, Hades, and Eros know about what he did to Persephone. He is so dead. Throw Hephaestus in there. He knows as well. Right, but don't underestimate, you know, how people are going to sort of side with the the man yeah right so when he thought that i got really scared for persephone it's time to let the cat out of the bag because he always told her you know it's my word against yours doesn't put her in a good position so when we come back we are talking about the letter that persephone's writing to hades about hades and her feelings we'll be right back Episode 
episode 185 is called Wanted. I think this was a very comforting episode. So Persephone's writing to Hades, dear Hades, and you know, we've seen Hades write letters to her and never give them. It feels like this is going to be the same thing. And maybe on their wedding day, they'll get to exchange these letters that they wrote to each other throughout the comic. What do you think? I think that sounds right. Or even before the wedding day, I'd be okay with that too. Yeah, me too. (laughs) So we see Persephone's inner thoughts about Hades and how her life has gone so far, right? How people have planned things out for her and she just went along with the plan. But after she met Hades, she started to realize what she wants. And she says this, what I do know for sure is I am and will always be the goddess of spring but it's not enough. I want you and I want the underworld. I love that. She wants it all. She wants it all. (laughs) (laughs) Tyra 2017 commented on this episode of the webtoon and said, Persephone writing all that stuff out is a great form of catharsis and I'm glad it was included. It's an excellent way to figure out what is otherwise hard to think about and make decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as writers, we both agree with that. Do you journal, Josh? I have, yes. <laughs> I haven't been journaling, but I, I write so much these days. Right. Even with this, right? I wrote tons and tons of words to keep track of my thoughts while reading Lore Olympus. And then all day is writing and taking notes and then writing based on those notes. But journaling is just like incredible. And I need to find time to do that again. How often? Yeah. You journal every day? Um, No, I haven't in a while. But, you know, when I'm working on a story or poems or something, usually those are where where I go to process things Mm -hmm. and to think things through on the page. Mm. Yeah, it's good to keep in touch with yourself and your emotions and your feelings. I need to journal for sure. Rosie Quartzy commented and said, Core finally admitting that her mother and the goddesses of eternal maidenhood have basically been robbing her of an actual fulfilling life and deciding she won't let them anymore. That is just peak character development. Yeah. True. Before she was going going with the flow, she didn't really know better and she hadn't made so many decisions for herself yet. But now she knows like that's not for her. No, it's Might be not. for someone else, but it's not for her. Right. And Royal Guarantee commented and said, this is making me think more and more that Persephone really did take the pomegranate. Have you seen people's theories about that? No. Like so, while she was down there? Yeah. There's this panel where you look at the tree and it's gone as they're walking away. And I was like, what is going on? But it could just be the angle. But ever since then, in the back of my mind, low key, we wonder right. if she took the pomegranate. I feel like she would, right? She doesn't want anybody else to have it. After she took it, she asked him all kinds of hypothetical questions. Right. So I was like, hmm. Did you take it? But if she took it, do you think she bit it? Because <laughs> there's like, no. it takes something from you. I think she she might have taken it to keep him safe. You know what I mean? So that nobody could threaten him as king of the underworld. Hmm. Right? Because that was sort of what her questions were afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody takes this, does that make them mm-hmm. king, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe know. she took it, and but saves didn't eat it. it. Yeah, saving it. She took it and saved it. <laughs> she made it into a, a ambrosia thing. drink. Uh, yeah, no, uh, drinking it in front a of Turkish it. delight. She made it into a lemon Turkish delight. <laughs> so Hades interrupts her writing, and then they head off together back to the house. I love how they're comfortable enough for Persephone to ask if she can sleep next to him. Like they've made it to this level of their relationship. And she wore like a really cute outfit in bed. (laughs) I just thought it was adorable. And then they discuss Persephone's plans for the underworld. Remember when Zeus thought like, oh, she's so evil. She has plans for the underworld. Yeah. Because he can't see anything good in her at all. What a dummy. (laughs) So it's funny that Hades just doesn't understand the concept of paradise. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Elysium, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Elysium. Elysium, that's it. Yeah. It's just hilarious that he's like, he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, so when do they get punished? He's like, oh, okay, psychological punishment. Right. <laughs> Doesn't get it, but one day he will, for sure. 
And then they talk about Hades' arm again. I mean, what do you think is going on with his arm? Oh, I don't know. What does this mean that it won't turn back? Is it going to spread right. across his body? Does it something need to happen to trigger it to turn back to normal? No, I think it's going to interact with Kronos in some way, hmm. right? Because it's from his Titan form, and you know, when he was closest to Kronos, his father, you know, at least in appearance and shape. I don't know. I think there's some something there is going to happen because we we got we've gotten so much of Kronos this season. We have, and I'm curious as how. He's going to show up again. Like the last time we saw him, homeboy looked like a skeleton in his chains. And he saw Persephone's pink flowers from her tree that's in the underworld. And he went, well, well, well. Right. (laughs) And ever since then, I've been shaking in my boots, nervous. Just give him a puzzle to distract him again. (laughs) Give him Wordle. Yeah. Tell him, you better solve this puzzle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just keep him down there. Mm. (laughs) And so... Hades says, don't worry about my gross arm. And the Persephone takes his arm and says, this is my arm now. Please don't say cruel things about him. I love that moment a lot. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. Because, you know, Minth would be like, you look like Kronos. And that's what makes you disgusting. Like, that was basically her whole rhetoric in their relationship. Right. It's like, you're ugly like your dad. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And you smell disgusting, too. You smell like <laughs> death. <laughs> like, she was the worst. And she was really abusive. And I just, I was like, take that, Minth. Where are you now? (laughs) A little bit of me, you know? I was like, can the plant be in this scene? Can she be in there in the corner just listening to this so she understands what a positive, affirming partnership looks like? Because that's a great way. Even Persephone, she didn't reprimand him saying like, don't call your arm ugly, you know? She was like, don't say cruel things about him. He's my arm. It was Mm -hmm. very sweet. Yeah. And so she lifted him up in that moment, and she didn't tear him down, which is something Minth did constantly. Persephone shows Hades her arm. You know how she has a thing she can do where she kind of grows and is... Gets leafy. Leafy. (laughs) And she asks, do you think this is gross? And he immediately says, no, not at all. So Hades tells her that he's never been stuck like this before. He's never been titan-sized before either. And a part of me wonders, do you think another titan war could come? Like any other like war is on the brink of starting and like this is Hades' time to fight again? Right. I do not know enough about sort of the Olympic myths, mm-hmm. you know, um, the Greek myths, Greek mythology. But I think it could be. Yeah. That the Titans rise up again, right? I mean, because the thing with Zeus and Hades and all of them is that they're they're Titans, but they're just like a new generation who overthrew the old generation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that time is coming again, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like that's something Demeter, as overprotective as she is, was worried about because there's a long history of fertility goddesses being used, right? And consumed in order for these gods to amass tons of power, right? It goes all the way back to Kronos and for before. So I'm a little nervous about us being on the brink of more of that. And Persephone is definitely the fertility goddess in question. But thank you so much for joining me on this analysis of episodes 181 to 185 of Lore Olympus, Josh. It was a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. It was my pleasure. <laughs> we always get so polite at mm-hmm. the end of these things. <laughs> thank you for having me. Handshake. Ma'am. You are welcome, sir. I bid you good night. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Next time we talk about Lore Olympus, we get to the thrilling and devastating finale of this season. You don't want to miss it. And here's a friendly reminder that the episode discussing the mid-season finale with my patrons is already up on Girl Wonder's Patreon page. So that's at www.patreon.com slash girlwonder. All right, let's wrap this up. 
Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a shout out to a random listener instead. This week's shout out goes to FoxBoo3740 on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. New episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Saturdays. I am Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye.